talking about real love tonight. I know what real love is. As opposed to false love, what is real love? Tell me one example of real love. these two commandments. What does that mean? 
What does that mean? Anybody want, anybody want to raise your hand? Talk to me for a minute. What does it mean that upon this, the entire law and all the demands of the prophet were based on this command? How deep does that go? What does that mean? What do you think, Simeon? Exactly. You ain't going to murder if you love. You're not going to steal if you love. You're not going to cheat on your wife if you love. You're not going to do the commandments in the Bible. All the commandments in the Bible that are for your good are all based on this. But he doesn't just say the law. He said the, all of the law, the entire law, but then he also says all the demands of the prophets. So he's not talking about, he said every rule that God's given us since the beginning of time, all the way to the end of time, are all going to be based on this one commandment. That's all about real love. So, that's kind of important, right? I mean, through Old Testament, we want to live by the law. We're, we're New Testament, so I know we're covered by grace and all that. But he said all the prophets. So that means even what's going on in the New Testament under the guidance of the Holy Spirit is still going to be founded on this firm foundation of love. So it should be important to us to have an understanding of what real love really is. So let's keep going. Let's go see what real love looks like. 1 Corinthians 13. We're going to go there. Verses 4 through 7. What is Corinthians 13, guys? Does everybody know this? What is Corinthians 13? Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. If you guys pay attention, almost every wedding you go to for your entire life will quote this scripture. What is it? It's either this or like, what is it, Ephesians? That's the other one? There's another one. It's like love, love, love. Yeah. But, but Corinthians, this is the big love chapter. This is what... The whole chapter is about love, faith, and hope. The greatest of these is love. It's all teaching us about what love is. Now, I remember a while back, pastor made us read this every single Sunday. And as you guys already got to see, our reading skills aren't the best. And that scripture is kind of like, it twists you up a little bit, a few clanging symbols and stuff. You're up there on the stage in front of 500 people trying to like read that perfectly. It gets me a little nervous. So I cut all that out. <laughs> I cut out a lot of that. We're going to focus on what Corinthians really has to teach us about what real love looks like. And it says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. I'm giving you guys some ammunition here now. When you guys are at school and you got that boy or that girl, they're like, oh, I love you. You're going to be able to remind them of what real love looks like. Like, oh, really, you love me? Well, are you patient? Are you kind? Are you not jealous? Are you or boastful or rude? Have you cut all these things out of your life? Because that is what real love looks like. If I'm loving my neighbor, then I should be patient with my neighbor. I should be kind. I should not be jealous of my neighbor. I should be boastful or boastful or rude towards my neighbor if I'm really walking in love with them. Because that's what real love looks like. It does not demand its own way. 
Mm. Doesn't just get its own way. It doesn't care about way. That's not what it's about with love. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. That's a hard one. <laughs> like, I'm pretty good at some of the other stuff, but like, once you burn me, it's kind of hard for me just to forget that you just burned me. But if I really want to be walking in love, then that's how I should be acting. Not fake love, real love. It does not rejoice about injustice. Guys, love does not rejoice over injustice. Love does not get excited because life's done me wrong. Love doesn't get happy when your friend's car breaks down. That's not real love. Real love does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices when truth wins out. When truth comes out, it rejoices because that's what real love is all about. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. And it is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. So these are real love. So many times in this life, you guys are going to have encounters with fake love. You're going to have people who say they love you, but they don't do any of this. You may have people in your life that you're supposed to be loving. And you might have to ask yourself, am I violating any of this? Am I not being patient? Am I not being kind? Am I getting irritable? Am I, am, I, am I being rude? Or am I acting out of real love? And I know, like, we, we, I had, me and Brandon were teaching Bible study. I had him teach on love. He ended up teaching for like five weeks on love. But we still weren't done with it. So this is a subject that we can go on and on and on about for a long time. Because the basis of the entire Bible is God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So if we don't understand what real love looks like, then we don't even appreciate what God did for us. We don't understand that God was patient. God was kind. God wasn't, wasn't vengeful. God didn't rejoice over injustice, but he rejoiced when truth went out. God never gave up. God never lost faith for us. God was always hopeful. He endured through every circumstance in your life. And he never kept a record of how many times You've wronged him. Mm, that's a good one right there. Pastor just preached last week about cleansed. It was so good. Like I left there feeling like I had been cleansed. Because he talked about how God loves us. And God cleans us. And God keeps us. And it's his responsibility to keep you as his child. And we've got to have faith in that. We've got to walk in that. We've got to live that life. We've got to believe that. But it is God who loves us. We love God because he first... Loved us. Every time I talk about love, I have to go to first John. Like if you're, if you're like wanting to figure out a little bit more about love after this sermon or whatever, check out first John. Because first John is all about love. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take one quick second here in John, first John chapter four. We're gonna go through verses seven through seventeen. As John's telling us a little bit about this love. John had this understanding of what real love looked like. He understood how we're supposed to be acting as Christians if we really love God and we really love our neighbor. But some of the people in the churches weren't practicing this. They weren't acting out of real love. They wanted the miracles. They wanted the fish and loaves. They wanted to be a part of this church movement. But they weren't really acting like Christians who live 
in love. And that seems to be an ongoing problem, even in our society today. So many people want to tell you about how they know what they know about the Bible, but they don't want to take time to show you love. And I'm going to tell you right now, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. It doesn't matter if you have all the answers in the world. If you don't show that person love, they don't want any of your answers. But as soon as you reach out through love and you show people that I'm not just doing this so I can claim that I won you as a Christian, but I'm doing this because I actually care about you as a human being, that's when people start caring about what you actually have to say. So let's go to John. John, who knows who John is? John in the Bible. Who is John in the Bible? Anybody know about John? You know about John? There, there were multiple Johns. It's a popular name. John Smith, John Doe. It's a very popular name. There was John the Baptist. Went around baptizing people. Got his head cut off, right? Who is this John? Because this isn't John the Baptist. This isn't the, one that, this isn't the one who was baptizing people. This is John the Disciple. John the Disciple has a very significant role in the Bible. He was called the Disciple whom Jesus loved. Uh, he might have gave himself that title, but either way, he's still the disciple who Jesus loved. He was the one that when they were sitting at the table and Jesus was about to go to the cross, he was the one that leaned over and put his head on his chest. Him and Jesus were close. That's why he was called the disciple who Jesus loved. Him, he got Jesus, and Jesus got him. And it's probably because John got love. John understood what love was really all about. John also wrote the book of Revelations. So John the Revelator. But John was, John was a good dude. But he was known as the one who Jesus loved. I want to end up being that guy. I want to be known as the disciple who Jesus loves. Like, he may not like everything I do, but he loves me. And that's, that's what John had, that relationship with God. So let's see what he has to say here. He says, dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. So there we go again. If I want to be known as a child of God, I better be loving. I better not look like I've been baptized in pickle juice. Because that's not going to tell anybody that I'm a descendant of Christ here. I should be exampling Jesus. So anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So John here tells us that everything I was just saying a second ago about how God is, that's exactly who God is. God is love. God is patient. God is kind. God is long-suffering. God holds no record of being wrong. How many times Israel failed, guys? Do you know how many times Israel got it wrong? And God was like, that's my special people. That's my special people. Don't you talk about them. Hey, if you curse them, I'm going to curse you. You better bless them. You better bless them because those are my people. But they failed time and time again. They barely even got into the desert and never already wanted to go back to Egypt. Hey, can we go back? Remember the fish? Remember the stuff we had in Egypt? But God never held that record of being wrong. He, never, he didn't say, well, you know, Israel, I've forgiven you 20 times now. Here you are again. Making the same dumb decision. No, because God is love. And not fake love, not this 
superficial love that the world offers, but he was real love. He was the love that was explained in Corinthians. He was kind. He was patient. He was never rude. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Now, this is John. This is the guy who wrote 316. He understood all of this. He understood this concept of how loving God is to wrap himself in flesh and come to the world and die for us. This is real love. So John tells us right here, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, is real love. You may not see very many examples of real love. I, I, I've been talking to people and they're like, you know, people around me fight. Everybody fights. Everybody argues. Everybody's fighting all the time. Like, this, this is normal life. And I, I, not just one person, several people tell me that. Like, growing up, my parents fought. My, you know, me and my wife fight. My kids fight. Like, this is just, this is the way, we, this is how we live our life. But God calls us to more than that. He calls us to live a life of love. And we should be exampling that in every area of our life, especially inside this church. Okay, okay, okay. So God showed him how much he loved us by sending his son that is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. So God didn't send his son because he saw how loving we were. He was like, wow, those people really love me. They're really doing a lot for me. I better go die for them. Like, that wasn't God's reaction. But God's reaction was he looked at you right where you are, right how he created you, with all your problems, with all your garbage, with all of that, and he said, that's who I love. That's who I'm willing to go die for. That's real love. Because we didn't deserve it. And he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, is that a lot? Was that a lot, guys? Is everybody perfect in here? Or was God dying on the cross actually kind of a big deal? Because it covered a lot of stuff that we do on a daily basis. Because of all that, God loved us this, he loved us that much. We surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us. And his love is brought to full expression in us. Mm. Okay, anybody think God's done loving the world yet? God's not done loving this world. And he's up in heaven making us a home, right? So shouldn't we be here doing what he would do if he was here? And he would be loving people, speaking life into people's life, telling them good things. Guys, you guys got great future ahead of you. You guys got amazing things that you're going to do in your life. And why am I saying that? Because you serve a God who loves you. If I told you guys that life was going to be rough for you and problems were going to, I wouldn't be talking good about the character of my God. But when I tell people, God's going to bless you. God's going to take care of you. God's going to make everything work out for your good. I know you're going through some stuff right now, but it's going to get better. The reason why I can do that confidently isn't because I can tell the future. isn't because I think I know everything. 
Because I know the character of God. And God loves people. If you ever get convinced in your head that God doesn't care, that's easily a lie planted in your mind from the devil. Amen. Because before you ever cared about God, he loved you. He wanted the best things for your life. So I speak confidently when I speak about your future. I speak with faith because I know that's the character of the God that's looking over your life. He's not going to let bad things happen to you. He's going to let good things happen to you because he loves you. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Thank God for the spirit. The Holy Spirit is a guarantee, guys. That, that is a firm guarantee of your salvation. The spirit is a proof that God is living in you and you in him. Therefore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them. That's important. All who declare Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them. And they live in God. We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in His love. Hey guys, I know I'm saved, not because of my own righteous works, not because of anything I do, but because I know that God loves me. I know you guys are saved because I know God loves you. The last thing I'm ever, ever going to tell someone is that they're going to hell. Because that's not in the character of my God. My God loves you. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in His love because God is love. And again, he's not this fake love. He's real love. And all who live in love live in God. And God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid. Here's, here's, a, here's, here's the point of it all, guys. I know the music playing that's telling me to stop, but I'm done right now. Here's the point. Don't, don't miss this point, guys. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. I'm going to tell you what. There's one thing I do for this youth group, guys. You guys are not going to doubt your salvation. You guys are not. You guys are going to go to bed every night and put your head on your pillow and know that you are saved. That you have a relationship with God. Nobody is going to reach the day of judgment scared. Because we are going to have an understanding of what real love is all about. What God's about. And how much he really loves you. For we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. But we can face him with confidence. Because we live like Christ. Like Jesus. Here in this world. So how do I want to make sure that I know my salvation sure? I better be loved. I better have real love inside me. Not fake love, not love like this world, or what, what can you do for me? What can I get out of our relationship? What can I get out of being your friend? That's not real love. God showed us real love. He sacrificed. He was a servant. He was kind. He was patient. He didn't keep a record of how many times you wronged him, but he was always ready and willing to love you exactly the way you were. 
this world wants us to change. It wants us to, to become like the world. Christ wants you to be you. Because that's how he created you to be and he loves you. So let's stand up to our feet. I don't know, but after I think about how much Jesus loves me, I like taking a couple of minutes just to tell him how much I love him. So keep that music going, bro. That was great. Keep it going. Crank it up a little bit. We're going to turn the lights down. We're going to spend like five or ten minutes telling God that we appreciate the love that he's given us. And we're going to pray that God will help make us more like him, full of love, even when people don't deserve it.